What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Well, <sighs> uh, I do like starting it with a sigh. Yeah, I hope our <clears throat> listeners are sighing with us and sigh along with us. Sigh along join with us. The, join the movement. Um, <clears throat> what's up? Well, how are you? I'm hiding right now. Oh yeah. So from yeah. who? From whom? Uh, my boss. Oh, actually, for real. Yeah, oh, um, I'm just taking a little break, a little break in my 14-hour <laughs> day schedule to oh my God. make this recording. This week is going to be mayhem. Let me tell you something. I have to get up. I have to, I finish filming at 7 p.m. I take a two-hour drive to Tignish, which is two hours away, yep. and then um, so. go to bed and get up and get on a fishing boat at four in the morning. Next week, this week. 
And that's just four one. in the morning. Why? That's just that's just one turnaround because that's when they leave to fish lobster. Uh, uh, yeah, we're filming a lobster commercial. I'm not gonna say that it's uh, the most glamorous job, but uh, I am working with people that I like, so that's I'm grateful for that. Nice. Yeah. You're you're making some money too. That's that's yeah. kind of nice. That's a nice thing yeah. to have a job that you make money at. I am grateful for that. And I am grateful for my, my boss who asks, who starts the day by asking what we're grateful for. So that's oh, a nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know what I'm grateful for? Um, what are you grateful for, baby? You are, you're going to be home soon. I'm grateful for I that. Know. That's great. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm also grateful for this week's episode because this, so I, so I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm trying to keep it really cool so that. So that you can really hear my excitement when the episode starts, but um, <laughs> we we I'm gonna I I mean you probably already read it in the in the uh, in the show notes, but uh, we're speaking today with like kind of a dream guest for me. It it's, it has been for for um, a few Seems years like, for a few years yeah. now. Yeah, uh, Zoe uh, Ligon. Rhymes with Rhymes friggin'. Rhymes with friggin'. Rhymes with friggin'. I'll never forget that. <laughs> uh, she's a sexual educator and and writer and um, uh, sex shop owner and just all around. Entrepreneur, all, businesswoman. Just, yeah, like could be a comedian. Um, yeah, I'm just really, really fucking stoked for this conversation. Uh, but before we get into it, let's let's handle some business. Right? Okay. Um, well, you know, I, uh, there's a lot going on and, mm. and, uh, and everything. And, um, I just would like to say that I've remembered that in my high school years when I would get like, I don't know why I didn't have an alarm. I was before cell phones, but when mm. I was in high school, um, my room was in the basement and my, my stepmom or my dad would open the door to the basement and then they'd just be like, time to get up you know? Mm, and, uh, and then I would stay in bed for like another half an hour and like masturbate. That was how I started every day at high school. Um, and now, and then I was kind of like, you know, these 14 hour days are sort of like killing my self care time. So you masturbated every single day in, in high school. I mean, I, like that if was, I went back and clocked it on the calendar. I don't sure. know, but it was a part of my daily but routine. Was, yeah. Right. It was a part of your routine. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. It was more of a procrastination situation. Yeah. Yeah. Not wanting to get out of bed. Um, yeah. Uh, what's there's a word for that? Procrastination. Master crash. Master procrastination. Procrastination. That's it. <clears throat> took Love me, it. Took me a second to get that out there. You were going. You were going some neat places there. Um, but yeah. But I've rec- remembered that that is a kind of a nice way to start the day, and so I've kind of been. I've been getting up, you know, at my like 5 a.m. time to get ready for work and mm. just like excusing myself out to the living room, which I share with my friends, but they don't listen to this podcast, so that's fine. And uh, just like enjoying that's where my you're, you're having a wake up there. On the couch. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to wake up. My, I don't want to wake up Todd. So. Yeah. Sure. 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 I yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah. I've been having. Um. <clears throat> I've been having. I've been having a lot of sex. Um. I actually thought about. I was thinking about this yesterday. I was taking a shower yesterday, and I was like. Jesus, I haven't, I haven't masturbated in a long time. 
that's that's a weird feeling because I mean, you know, for COVID, all of COVID, I was I my right arm, my right forearm. I, you can't, I mean, if you wanted to see this, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on and you can see how jacked up my right forearm is because we are now uh, publishing our video recordings of our foreplays. But, uh, you know, I, I look like Popeye right there. I don't know if you can even see this, Bridie, but uh, Jesus, God damn, I look good there. Eh? <laughs> anyway, I my I was masturbating a lot during quarantine. And it became, yeah, it definitely became like, I guess, my daily routine. It became, it became a part of like several of my daily routines, you know, like, like there was, there was a, it was, it was like a, it was a multiple time a day affair. Okay. Copy. Yeah. And, uh, but as of late, I, I, I don't, I actually don't remember the last time I've, I've, uh, I've done it by myself. I've, I've been, I've been having, I've been having a lot of sex, but I've been having a lot This would be interesting, interesting little thing. I've been, I've been, I've been, (laughs) I've been making a lot of love. My sex, the sex has been, sex has been very different uh, as of late. It's been a lot of love making, not, not, not much making fuck. It's been a lot of like making love. Making love. A lot of Barry Manilow type shit, you know? Oh, interesting. Has your smang it playlist changed then? No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't played. Silent I've, love. You've been making silent. Actually, love? actually, I had sex with some Andrew, some instrumental Andrew Bird, the other day. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Yeah. So that kind of yeah, that kind of shit. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. The term, the phrase "making love" used to make me so uncomfortable. I. I know. But I get it. <clears throat> it's, I know what you're talking. You know what about. I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of that. That's kind of all I've been doing lately. And it's it's so nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> not that I haven't been made. Not that I don't like I'm not used to making love. But, <clears throat> you know, it, I, I read this really interesting. Um, actually, it was from the from the uh, our good pals over at um, Momgasm podcast. Uh, okay. If you haven't listened to Momgasm, they were there are a couple of um, wonderful women from here in Halifax who uh, host a podcast. It's two moms. They, you know, uh, self-proclaimed juicy Bowel as fuck. Foul-mouthed. Ju- yeah, juicy as fuck. <clears throat> but they, they made this really nice, uh, they made this post the other day. I'm going to read it because um, it got me thinking. And I think it's, it kind of relates to what we're talking about right now. Um, <clears throat> Momgasm podcast, follow them on Instagram. Can performance be part of your pleasure. I think for lots of us, it can. There's something delightful and tantalizing about putting on a show and pulling the strings for your, of your audience, being in some semblance of control. Maybe it's the extrovert in me, or maybe it's something we all experience in some regard. But what happens when we lose ourselves in performance and allow it to take place of our pleasure? We need to remember that our pleasure is primarily our responsibility, and so is the pleasure of our partners. We need to be in constant communication with ourselves, just like we aim to be with our lovers. In the same way you check in with them, we need to check in with ourselves. For me, it's been incredibly helpful to be in the habit of asking myself simple questions like, am I open to experiencing pleasure right now? Do I feel like sharing my pleasure or do I want it for myself? Am I in a giving or receiving mood? What am I feeling in my body and what am I ready to feel more of? Would it turn me on to perform for my partner right now, or do I need something else? 
<clears throat> getting in the habit of slipping into presence with myself before and after engaging with sex has been one of the greatest ways to show up as I am. I'm always rediscovering or uncovering more about myself, which allows me to enjoy things more fully. Why? Because I'm showing up with my pleasure at the forefront as much as I am for my partners when I share. Wink. Let me know in the comments, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that was, from, that was from Lindsay from the podcast. <clears throat> but it made me think about um, performance and sex and, and how, how performance has played a role in the sex that I've been having over the last few years. <clears throat> and I don't think, I, I, I truly don't think I have an unhealthy relationship with performance and sex. Like I think, I think I toe that line pretty well and, and, but I, but I don't actively think about it and it, it hasn't really been, <clears throat> Jesus, I'm so sorry, everyone. It hasn't really been um, until recently that I've been thinking about that in the sense that I'm noticing how a lot of the performance of my sex has sort of fallen by the wayside with this like new mode of fucking that I've found myself in, which is like really intense lovemaking. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's nice. It is nice, but there is a part of me that's like, Oh, I don't want to lose that though. I don't want to lose my, you know, I don't want to lose that side. It, it, it's, it reminds me of this. It reminds me when I when I when I went to theater school. I think you you might be able to like relate to this. <clears throat> when I started at Ryerson at theater school, we weren't doing any anything funny. Like it was all dramatic mm-hmm. shit for the first you know for the first good chunk of time. And I was coming from a I was coming from an improv background. And I remember like like at the end of first year, like partway through second year, I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I'm not going to be funny anymore. Right. Like the, the funny side of me as a performer or as a person is going to dissipate because I'm solely focused so hard on, on realism and, and dramaticism. And, and I, I felt like, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to lose this, like, part of me that is, that I, that I hold very dear to myself, which is, like, being a clown, being a jokester, being really, you know, being immature. And, <clears throat> um, no, obviously that wasn't the case. And, like, I, you know, I, I still think I'm pretty funny. You're funnier than ever. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> like, I mean, have you seen, have you seen these arms, by the way? <laughs> funny and jacked, right? So, <clears throat> Um, so I know that, I know that in having that thought that came up of like, Ooh, I'm all, all this lovemaking, like I'm going to lose that sort of, that sort of like, um, your showmanship. Yeah. That like, like that dominant side of myself or that, or that, you know, like, yeah, that, that, that sort of performative side of myself that comes out in sex that is really fun. Mm. Um, yeah, but I know that's not the case. I know that's not the reality. It's interesting because I think um, I that it's making me think like at the beginning of a, of a new sexual relationship when it's a little easier to like be different than you've ever been before because yeah. this person has no knowledge of you. And then, well, at least in my experience, that like eventually that 
there's let it feels less for you less free to like explore and do things out of the ordinary like maybe it puts your partner in their head like why right. uh, why is she acting like this and this isn't her and blah 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 and um that's yeah, it's just a really interesting thing about um about getting into a relationship or like a consistent monogamous sexual relationship where yeah where eventually it's like what have i what corner have i painted myself into in a way. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and if you go so long without, without tapping into that, like to one particular side of yourself mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that side comes out, you know, like what's the, what's the, what's the reaction going to be? Like, what are the, what's the, like, what's the, and then you get, mm-hmm. and then of course it's all about getting in your head and, and sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, you're, you're this voice in your head where you're just, you're kind of, kind of fucking yourself over. Totally. But yeah, but the, but it's yeah. I don't know. It's I feel I feel like I'm in such a weird position right now because I'm. This is the first time in a long time where I've really I've really, I just I'm really loving the whole lovemaking thing. You know, okay. I'm I'm loving that kind of like that kind of sexual play. <clears throat> yeah, it's like a different kind of dance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's and it really it really makes me think a lot about that quote. <clears throat> that has come up so many times on the show, that Esther Perel quote of like, sex is a place that we go. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. something we do. It's a place that we go. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I'm going to this, this, this very, uh, this very familiar, but, mm-hmm. uh, but not so well worn path, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of nice. I like that sound of that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time at work, more time than I have in a long time, like in a, more than I have in a really long time. Right. And, um, it's, it's, it is definitely, it's definitely, uh, allowing for way less time for any friction in the relationship. And, you know, so it's, it's become much more affectionate and cuddly and whatnot in the last little bit because when I you like said friction, get, when you said friction, I was like, I know, oh. I know friction yeah no because i'm 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 using my intamo pleasurables hey um <clears throat> nice drop lube thanks nice. um yeah loving it and like you know it's so nice and it's so pretty and the bottle's so pretty and it's like oh you know it's like a, like a you know i don't buy a lot of um lube i don't buy a lot of toys i don't like any toys you know, and so it's like it's a part of my personality to sort of like, well, I don't want to like use it all up. But like now, even in my like my own personal pleasure time, I'm like, I'm taking mm. the nice stuff, you know, it's all it's all good. It's right. all for me. What do you uh, what, speaking of toys? What do you think? Do you think it like what do you think about um, what do you think about buying toys for a partner? And, and like, and how, and is there, is there like a, a too, too soon window for that? Or like, and you know, like how, how do you do that? How do you go about doing that as like a surprise? Yeah. Without talking about it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That's a really good question. I think, mm. um, like, is it a toy for the two of you? Is it a toy for just them? You know, like. Right. Do you have an idea of like, is the toy that you're going to 
buy for them as a surprise, potentially not going to go over very well. Right, like, yeah. have you tested those <coughs> waters? You know, there's lots of questions to be considered there. I think if your partner is into vibrators and great buy them a vibrator and just like that's a nice toy because vibrators are yeah. expensive but if you're buying something for the two of you to use together you can be like what i don't i'm just pulling this out of my ass right now but like what do you what does this toy say about the type of sexual right. encounter you want right. to have like are you buying like a ball gag or <laughs> are right, you, right. you know right yeah yeah I don't, yeah that's a good question i don't know yeah. Surprise! Well, yeah, yeah. Well, what if what if what if the person you're buying for is like I I don't even know I don't like I don't know toys I don't even know yeah. I don't yeah. even know what I like or what I don't like you know I mean then like a lot of like Zoe said she's got like a collection of vibrators you know you just don't know until you have until something you, to try until you give it a so, go that's right yeah 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 uh, again lo, uh, Zoe Ligon uh is going to be our guest on the show a little bit later and holy shit what a just what a wealth of knowledge you know <clears throat> I love being able to sit down with someone and just go all right cool we're going to fire a bunch of questions and and without mostly hesitation mostly let you lead yeah and just let you go for it yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah she's yeah. just so wonderful i'm yeah, really excited super. for all y'all to hear it uh, but before we do, let's uh, let's hit a brain boner and okay. get into that world. Here's one. Here's one for you. Um, first things first, I love your podcast. Oh, thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Really, thank you. <laughs> and uh, it means a lot. Um, and we, 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 we really enjoy your writing. So thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Those words were really great. Okay, this this email came in September. Oh, there's more. Sorry, September third. Oh my god, I was like in my head thinking it was still March. Um, okay, but no. Okay. Oh Jesus. Okay. Okay. So, I'm a 22 year old virgin. Well, actually, I'm about to lose my virginity with my first boyfriend, who is also in his first serious relationship. There are so many questions that I can think of, but one thing I'm dying to ask about is this. My boyfriend and I are usually great at communicating. We believe that being open and honest and stumbling through the awkwardness of this new relationship is not something to shy away from. My problem is that I am nervous about being open with him um, with the deeper parts of who I am. I guess what I'm asking is how to let yourself be vulnerable enough to trust someone completely. Is this a me problem? Do other people have this problem? I'm nervous that once I actually open up and become more vulnerable, that it gives him the power to use it against me later or to look at me and say, you know what? Never mind, actually, and leave. Do you have any advice on this topic? Love you lots, LP. Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind for me, so I used to run uh, yoga teacher trainings and we'd have all of our teacher trainees present um, a t- present on a topic for yeah. 10 minutes and they would pre-prepare it. And one of the questions that was always on the, on the list of options was why are so many people afraid to love freely and completely? Now that's what comes to mind. And you know, there's, that's a big question. And over the last year, especially with a lot of the loss and, and that I've experienced, and it's something you've heard us say on the podcast before, is like, if you love someone completely, it will break your heart at some point because they won't be there for whatever reason one day. 
Mm. Um, and so I think that's why we're afraid to love really deeply and completely is because it comes with that necessary and inevitable other side of things. Um, as for letting people in, um, in such a way that they may judge you or leave you or decide that they're not attracted to you or that, you know, they're not okay with who you are. Well, my feeling on that is our job as individuals is to first and foremost, take care of our own relationship with ourselves. And you are the only person that you have to spend the rest of your life with. And so if you're okay with those deep parts of you, then it should be, um, it should be your first priority to, if someone else is, doesn't like it, then for you to be good enough with yourself to not feel like you need to change for anyone else. Mm. I also like to remind myself when I'm about to be vulnerable that if somebody else doesn't like it, then I'm the one that comes out of that situation going, I was honest. I was open. Mm. I put it all on the table. I didn't hold back. And as much as it hurts, if it's not received, if it's not welcomed, that's not on me because I showed up and I gave what I could. Mm. And, and it was vulnerable and it was scary. And I can do that because in the end, if it's, if it were, if it does work out, it's worth it. New relationships are hard as well because like you're still figuring out who you are at at 22 and, and I'm 36 and I'm still figuring out who I am. And I need my partner who sees the most vulnerable parts of me to also allow me to change and grow and not hold me to the things that I was before or that I, um, that I've confided in, you know, like nothing's worse than having someone else dredge up your past and that's a really important um, boundary to have too is like, you know, when that, if and when that does happen, you know, you told me before that you were a cheater in relationships, for mm. example, is like, I told you that, yeah, in confidence and, and I'm not that, I don't, I don't, I'm not that now, but you know, I shared that part of my history with you. I think that Brene Brown puts it in really well with the, with the whole trust conversation that we've had before is just like trusting means, you know, it means that you're trusting someone to not use, use that information against you. Mm. And if they do, that's on them and not on you. And that's my thought. That's my thought on it. You are smart. (laughs) <laughs> and That's I am great. not going to try to say anything else. No. On that point, not even a fucking word. Nope. Nope. I was just sitting here going, wow. Yeah, you're so good with your words. <laughs> it's been a long time since we sat down and, and chatted like this, um, just because I've been working and, and then yeah. the hurricane last week and whatnot, so we haven't had a chance to chat. So I've been saving up my, my brain cells for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just for this one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, babe, you'll be home. Uh, you'll be home soon. Um, so soon. Yeah, you've got. There's only. Uh, there's only a couple. You know, a couple of weeks, and you'll be here. Yeah. And uh, and 
which is very exciting. I hope that answered your question. I'm moving on for the for the listener there. So there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll be home soon, and just getting the and house also, ready to sell. And oh, you got more? Yeah, okay, cool. Well, ahead. just keep yeah. listening to this episode because we talk about the uh, <clears throat> the concept of losing one's virginity, yes. and I think that that might be sort of yeah helpful as well because. Yeah. It wasn't directly uh, associated to your actual question, but you did yeah. mention it, and so I wanted to address that yeah. that you're not losing anything. Yeah, you're, yeah. This is just your sexual debut. This mm-hmm. is the curtains are are drawing and you're, break a leg. Uh, yeah, break a leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. All right. Well, let's just get right into it then. I I'm just I'm too excited for this conversation <clears throat> to go any further. Um, uh, this is going to be the best. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Um, you know, this is, again, Zoe is, if you, if you, if you don't know Zoe, check her out. <clears throat> Follow her on social media. Um, she's got a book that is uh, actually is out now. Uh, yeah, as of now, the book is out and available. We talk about the book at length. Um, uh, you can get the info for that in the show notes. Uh, just so so fucking like elated that <clears throat> we have this podcast because it gives us the opportunity to actually meet some of the some of our heroes and Zoe is one of those people and so um, I really really hope you take from this what what I took from it which was that there's some pretty amazing people out there and there's a lot of really wonderful and weird and wacky things to learn about ourselves as humans. So, without further ado, this is our conversation with Zoe Ligon. Rhymes with friggin. Rhymes with friggin. Um, okay, so I, I I want to reiterate what I already just said uh, before we started the recording, which was I am so fucking stoked for this recording because um, Zoe, Zoe, uh, <laughs> hi, Zoe, uh, hi, hi, nice to see you, nice to nice to meet you. Um, I've been I've been a huge fan of yours for the last few years, and um, and I was saying to Bridie earlier, I didn't I didn't even realize that we were recording with you until like yesterday and i got so excited um <laughs> because you are so for people who don't know uh zoe zoe ligon rhymes with friggin um <laughs> zoe ligon you are a uh, a sex educator an entertainer an artist a journalist uh i mean you know save yeah, some for pick, the rest of us pick what a title any title i don't even <laughs> know what i am anymore <laughs> yeah um, but the way that I came, I came into, uh, finding out about what you were all about was through Instagram and you've been, yes. you've been kind of like hardcore on there in the, on the sexual education train. And, uh, it's been, it's been a really entertaining ride to follow along with you because not only are you obviously very knowledgeable what, about what it is you're talking about, <clears throat> but you're fucking hilarious. And Thanks. so uh, for anyone who, who hasn't yet, you must go follow. It's a Thongoria or Thongria. How yes. Thongria? Thong-R-I-A. Thongria. Oh. But oh, yeah. I mean, I, I always feel like I have to explain this. Like I, 
it was just randomly my username on Instagram when I went viral with an article and uh, I had no idea it was going to be like a identity that I'd be (laughs) taking on in some way. So it was really just, uh, you know, something that stuck. But uh, I was never intending to like be an Instagram personality. I was writing articles and I was getting paid like $50 to write like my entire life story basically for various, you know, online publications. Sure. Um, One and the one that really caused me to get a large audience kind of overnight was called I've slept with 99 men and I'm looking for number 100. And it was kind of a joke, (laughs) but it was effective because it was supposed to be a conversation starter about like slut shaming and like the whole conversation about like how many people have you slept with? Cause I I felt that even when people were trying to have a progressive take on what a like what your number means it was still people being like yeah like I've slept with 30 people and like I know that's a lot but it's fine so I was like well let me just blow that out of the water yeah and there's so many people who have slept with way more people than I have but it really is just like it's not a defining part of my identity but I just felt like oh let me just like throw something up on Tumblr. (laughs) Next thing I know, everyone's like, can we republish this? (laughs) Yeah. I think I was vicariously living through you too, because uh, I'm still saving myself for that perfect special someone. Oh, that's so sweet. You know what? That's a fucking lie. I (laughs) I probably am. I'm probably right up there with you. Um, uh, But I, I, one thing I am curious about is like, so before this article came out, uh, have you, when did you, when did you get into the lane of sexual education? Like how, how, what was the, what's your like, what came first, the journalist or the sex educator? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. None of the above. I was making porn art before either of those things. Like uh, pornography? Uh, I was taking old porn. Like I have some, you know, just ancient porn sitting around mm. and cool. turning, I turned it into collage art. And I started doing that when I was like 18 uh, I wasn't really trying to do anything other than just like be creative and express myself. <laughs> Were you um, sexually active at that time? Like what Definitely. was going on? Okay. Yeah, I was, I started being sexually active when I was 14 and yeah, 14. I like cringe thinking about other 14 year olds having sex right now, totally. uh, but I really felt like an adult at the time. I was in a very like intense relationship with the love of my life and all that and it got really toxic and predatory real quick because you know teen relationships oh boy but I had not had an orgasm before I hadn't even masturbated uh, until I was like 19 and part of that was because I was like oh my hands don't really do much for me and uh I guess I like dick and oral sex cool so why would I masturbate I didn't even think about using vibrators that was like not even on my radar Mm. now I that is like who I am but (laughs) I was making this porn art I was like bartending at like nightclubs in New York underage illegally uh just really like, like, yeah, and that's like a really great way to have a lot of sex also. So I was very sexually active. 
And I knew a woman, I met a woman through that, those various gigs, uh, who worked for a sex toy store in Manhattan. She was basically like, we're hiring. If you don't want to do this anymore, I feel like you'd love selling sex toys. <laughs> and turns out I did. <laughs> um, and then I just start, like, I've always been a person who loves writing. I've, that's always been my preferred medium for expression besides porn art, you know? Right. And uh, I think what really kicked off my desire to get into sex ed was the simultaneous discovery that I needed to use lube in my own life and that a mm. lack of lube was making my life, my sex life suck uh, and be painful and have an internal rug burn at all times. And, and then it was like, at that same time as I was just like, oh my God, why was I under the impression that this was just for menopausal women? I was so wrong. And so I was so frustrated about that misinformation about who lube is supposed to be for. And simultaneously I was selling people lube along with their sex toys, which, you know, sex toys are made from various silicone and rubber polymers and have a lot of friction and I was like having I was like having to navigate everybody's lube phobia when I would be like, do you want a lube to go with this very frictiony toy that you're buying right now? And you probably are going to want lube to go with. Mm -hmm. And I would get, you know, like, no, I, I'm fine. And that no, there's nothing wrong with me. Like it was like, whoa, it was like I had just like said something deeply offensive. Mm. Uh, so I just. Because it was so fresh in my brain where, like, I had also just overcome that hurdle. I was like, ugh, let me just write something because I feel like I'm right. I'm crossing that threshold of, like, being what's the deal with lube to, like, very pro-lube. And it just was really easy to write from that place of, like, I'm navigating this right now as I talk to other people about it. And that is only reaffirming for me how we've all just been done this disservice by being like, oh, lube is, you know, especially with, like, wet-ass pussy being, you know, a top song right now. Everyone's like, Zoe, what's your comment on the WAP song? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's a great song. But also, like... It's it doesn't have to be about like, oh, well, I just my vaginal excretion is so much. I do not need a lubricant. And it's like, OK, well, maybe you're going to want to have anal play at some point in your life. That doesn't self-lubricate. Maybe one day you're just going to be mega dehydrated or maybe you're on antidepressants like me and you have a dry ass pussy. And that is OK, too. <laughs> so I can't wait for yeah, that or to drop dry ass pussy. That's going to be a fucking slapper for sure. <laughs> Or maybe your partner might benefit from maybe there you, you know, go. It's a gift. Yeah. There yeah. you go. It's yeah. just another tool that like just because it's on your bedside table, there's not going to be I'm not going to be a little fairy floating over forcing you to use lube, but it's going to be there mm -hmm. for you to maybe use if you want. Like sometimes you want to put hot sauce on your meal and sometimes, sometimes you don't you want, want to. Hot sauce on your, on your hoo-ha. Right? Yeah, yeah, hot sauce is the knows? opposite of lube. But I mean, actually, <laughs> that's not true if you get like a shitty trojan fire and ice mm -hmm. you know bad lubricant maybe <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like hot sauce but. do you have yeah. multiple do you have a, 
a variety of bottles on your nightstand? Like for different things? That's such a great question. I mean, just, I have one sitting here. Actually, I have two sitting (gasps) on my table. Yeah, Intamos are fucking jam. I love that that stuff. They're great. Uh, Yeah, these are literally just casually sitting on my table. There's probably a bottle of lube in every room in this house. But as far as my (laughs) nightstand goes, I have like a big industrial 32 ounce pump bottle of slippery stuff. Yeah, I love that. Just because it's like, it works and... It's a big pump bottle and I don't need to keep getting more of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it also I, works as a great moisturizer. Just there you go. saying. There yeah. You go. I, I think yeah. I, 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 I was gonna say I think you'll appreciate this, but my one of my first jobs ever uh was I worked at a at a sex shop in in this very uh very s- small town called Lower Sackville, Nova Scotia. And um, Oh that and my, sounds Amazing! It's the mm-hmm. used car capital of Canada. Yeah, most My certainly. My boyfriend is, is from uh, Whitby. Uh, I like okay. that yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I actually got employee of the month. My first month at Excitement Video uh, because I upsold the most lube. So. Oh my God, a kindred spirit. Yeah, that's right. Whoop, whoop for, for <laughs> I lube. upsold. I love that it's like upselling, like which yeah. is a term for like. You know, I think it insinuates you're selling somebody something they don't really need, but you're getting a little extra cash out of it. But it really or, or is... something they don't really want. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it is like there. I think everybody could use a bottle of lube. So I think that's a, a very I, funny. I agree. I agree. Sales term. <laughs> so I mean, we we haven't mentioned this, but um, you know, fast forward further on into your life, you now you're now the the CEO of a of a sex shop. Uh, yes, indeed. Spectrum Boutique, mm-hmm. which is it's it's not it's not Canadian, right? It's based out of you're based out of Detroit. Yeah, so we're right, right. across the border. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> I can you're almost right there. see you. Yeah. Oh, we can uh, stand and wave across. Yeah. And how? What's what was that? What you know? What was that like? What was it? What was it like from going to, you, you know, working at a at a sex shop, um, and and kind of like, you know, realizing all these things that you were learning, and then and then eventually you know, turning into a grown up one day and, and mm. realizing, fuck, I own my own sex shop. Like that must've been a really neat revelation or experience. Yeah. It was a really eventful time in my life in many ways. Uh, I not only, so in 2015, I opened Spectrum. I also made the permanent move from New York to Detroit at the beginning of 2015, but had been temporarily living there in 2014 here. <laughs> I'm in Detroit right now. Um, and also my dad died. So it was a lot of Ooh. things at once and they all kind of lended themselves into just like creating one big change in my life. And I would say that's like when my adolescence actually ended at 23 <laughs> um, because being my dad really was um a more of a helicopter parent. So he was very intensely involved in my life. So it really did feel like this like emancipation moment. I also had a really complicated relationship with my dad. It was really great and also really terrible. And when he died, he was 75. No. Yes. So uh, he was about to retire and I got his retirement fund and, you know, it's it's a funny thing to talk about money, but it is really important to me to talk about the money aspect, especially when it comes to starting your own business in the adult industry, because people are like, wow, how did you do this? 
And I think that people think you can just take out a loan and you can't really do that with sex. Um, I couldn't get approved for any loans. I could barely even open a savings account for my business. I had to shop around to a lot of different banks. Um, You just get a lot of doors slammed in your face when you are selling sex toys. And, uh, you know, no matter what euphemism you try to call it, pleasure products or the word pleasure is very banned as an LLC name. I had to I learned that early on. But, um, yeah, I basically just wanted to create something sustainable for my myself and my family. Um, and sex toys, I just like couldn't imagine my life not selling sex toys. And I really missed selling sex toys. Um, and it's so funny because I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself involved in. Like, I hate business so much. I fucking, yeah. I'm like, wow, I'm just a capitalist cog. And I had no idea that like, like entrepreneurship is part of this American dream that I didn't really as this very young adult understand like, oh, I'm, I'm diving into a world of online retail essentially. Um, and having said that it was pretty inexpensive to start spectrum because it is an online store, Mm. but yeah, I, I just think that's really important for anybody right now trying to become their own business professional, professional in the adult realm. Um, you have to be really, cunning with your finances and find people who are, you know, credit unions that'll work with you. (laughs) But I think what's really amazing about Spectrum now that we're five years old and we've gone through so many different stages of growth and, you know, just making it past the first couple of years alone felt like such an accomplishment back then, but to now be able to, you know, have a team of people that I I work with that really like make spectrum run without me. I'm Mm. very much a part of the day to day, but it's really grown into a little family of people Mm. running it. And we have this entire publication side of it. That's just full of writing, like education articles. And even though it is a retail store that can now fund the educational aspects of it so that it's free for all. So that's where I the, find myself today. <laughs> yeah, the the you know talking about like the the business aspect of it and the challenges faced with trying to start a business in the realm of sex um, and you know and the hoops that you kind of got to jump through. Um, did you like it? Is this it, it? Can the same be said for when trying to create or cultivate a business that is focused heavily on like sexual education, like positive sex education? Um, or, or, or is it like more so running up against that bullshit because there's, because there's actual pleasure involved? Yeah, it really just depends where you live and what the specifics of what you're trying to do are. Um, it's not just like banks, but it's also the actual payment processors and website domains it's literally every piece of the puzzle and we've had to change card processors banks and website domains more than once even just as like an llc um and i know that that's a struggle that a lot of other people go through especially if there's anything remotely 
pornographic related to it. Like we even ran into issues just like having books with like sensual covers on them. You know what I mean? So it's – and it's difficult too because it's like I – love working with adult content creators and I really want to find more ways to collaborate with them. But it's like the second I do a promotion for somebody's porn, I'm immediately going to be like, have some cash yanked away from me by my payment processor. Like they're really, really fucked up. And like, there's no conversation around it because nobody, that's not going in a newspaper, you know? (laughs) Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Yeah. I, speaking of sexual education, um, <clears throat> you have just recently launched uh, or are about to launch your your new book, Carnal Knowledge. It's yes, right it's, uh, I just I, the pause was me pulling it into yeah. <laughs> frame. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's coming out on September 22nd. So that's Sweet. in like a week or two. Two? It's in like one week. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, (laughs) It is 52 sex PSAs, you know, like public service announcements. Mm. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, I would say this book has more breadth than depth. Like we cover a lot of subjects, but there's only one page on each subject. And subjects definitely build off of each other, but it starts out with like, anatomy and lube and some Mm. stuff that feels a little bit more, you know, not anything can be a beginner topic, but some more basic building blocks. And then we kind of work our way up to more like social political issues, sex work, sex and disability, decolonizing the world of sex, um, stuff like that. So I wanted it to be a book that you could just kind of like pick up and flip through. And even if you're not reading it cover to cover, you're still going to get some 
takeaways from it, like a coffee table book, but yeah, a little yeah. bit deeper. I, yeah, we got we we got a uh, an advanced copy of it, and Yay. and it's 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 uh, first of all, it's fucking beautiful. Like it's yeah. a gorgeous, Ew. it's a gorgeous book. Um, but it, it it I really do like that. Like you know, it's it 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 would make for a perfect coffee table book. It's like flip over to one page, and you've got this sweet little like package of whatever it is that you're about to learn about or read into. And uh, I one thing that like I and I hope it's okay if we like mm-hmm. I don't want to like spoil the book or anything. Spoil like that, away. Like, uh, all right, cool. Let's spoil the fuck out of it. Uh, page one. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> the there was one thing that I came across that I I would love to hear your thoughts on and and maybe like kind of dig into. But um, one of the pages is uh, like the the header is uh, use porn as your muse. And I know that I know that you know like through doing this podcast for the last four years, we've we've had conversations. Uh, we've had a lot of pro porn conversations. We've had a lot of conversations with people who, uh, you know, have this notion that porn is a is a bad thing, or porn is or or porn is a, a really horrible uh, form of of sexual education for youth, or you know what what have you. There, there's there's many different ways to look at it, and um, I I. I that one statement, use porn as your muse, really stuck out to me because it's something that I, it's something that I feel like I have been doing without even realizing that I've been doing it. Um, can you can you speak to what what that means? Use porn as your muse. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think when we don't have comprehensive sex education available anywhere in world the world that's easily accessible, uh, and we live in a world where if you are looking for sex education, you're probably going to stumble upon porn online before you get to something educational and something that is educational and correct information. Um, Yeah. I mean, people end up relying on porn when there's nothing else that will give you that explicit of a snapshot into what sex is really like. And that ends up, really misleading us in so many ways. And I think that non-pornographic movies also do the same thing, not just for sex, but our ideas of romance. Like I think the Mm -hmm. concept of a romantic comedy has really fucked up, uh, you know, like, Oh, romance is about the chase and Oh, kind of like negging a person into liking you. Um, And the same thing with porn. I, you know, I can't just pick one thing, but for instance, like, Porn, you know, porn teaches us that sex is just like a lot of like deep, hard pounding and you don't see lube application and you don't see the flecks of poop that happen from time to time during anal play, even if you've douched Um, and all the things that make sex uh, a very human thing. Um, And that's not to say that there isn't porn that does a better job of depicting what sex is really like. I think Shine Louise Houston's Crash Pad series and Pink and White Productions does a great job. I think like even kink porn, like the kink.com's porn does a Mm -hmm. better job. It's still like movie magic, but you know, you're seeing a little bit more of a consent negotiation. Um, But there isn't any type of porn that's going to be a realistic depiction of what sex is like or what sex for you is like, because even if this is even if you're watching amateur home video style porn and you're seeing 
the lube applications or whatever. Like it's still not something you can just directly apply to your life. So we have to remember that porn is a beautiful and wonderful thing, but only with context and the average young person stumbling upon porn probably doesn't have the context to be seeing like, oh, okay, like this is it. Cool. This is what balls look like. Awesome. Whatever they're seeing. But then it's like, there's no additional context of like, and the average person doesn't like something just shoved into their orifice um, or whatever. Again, pick any trope of porn, um, you know, that the UPS delivery guy wants to fuck you, whatever. Um, what? That's not... Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, it certainly, I'm sure, has happened for somebody out there. I would love to hear that story uh, of, of that really happening. But... I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit, too, because we've had, a, a, like, a few conversations lately about the virginity concept. Oh, yeah. I love virginity. And, <laughs> yeah. And it seems like, you know, I, I have a lot of, like, young nieces and nephews, and I'm thinking about them, you know, in this age group, mm-hmm. finding this information online. And and just, like, it seems to be a concept that holds holds strong in the in the world that you know you're either a virgin or you're not a virgin and if you're not a virgin then you lost your virginity or you gave it up or um you know whatever you were deflowered um (laughs) so i yeah i'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on on what on 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 virginity in general and and sort of a reframing of it i've been hearing a lot about uh, the sexual debut being used i I like sexual debut. I think that I've been getting this question a lot more often lately. And I think that actually has to do with like sexual fluidity and queer sex being a more, not, I don't want to say mainstream, but something that more people are becoming aware of and like, oh, you know, okay, we need to stimulate the clit. Wow. And sex toys exist. Okay. And now with all these new elements coming into play, I keep getting a lot of questions that are kind of framed along the lines of I'm a virgin. If I use a dildo, will I not be a virgin anymore? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. That's up to you actually. Um, I personally defined my virginity loss in the stereotypical sense of a penis entering my vagina. But that was not the first time I had an orgasm or experienced pleasure or I mean, I had been having all types of manual sex and oral sex before that point. So it really, in hindsight, is a very arbitrary date to be putting so much emphasis on. And I'm sure this isn't true for everybody, but I do think virginity is something you think about a whole lot more before you've past the threshold of the stereotypical definition of it. Like, I don't think that we ruminate on virginity too much when we're sexually active later in life as an adult, but when you're younger, it means a lot. And obviously religion has a lot to do with that. But even if you're not religious, it's like, okay, now this is like a rite of passage and all that jazz. But yeah, it's like anybody who identifies with anything outside of heterosexuality is already asking themselves these questions. And now I see a lot more people who are having heterosexual sex start to ask themselves these questions as well. Mm. Um, And I think it just has to do with the increasing awareness of like different types of pleasure. But 
Yeah. I mean, you could define it by the first time you had an orgasm or you could just like see it as a collection of experiences that lead to your sexual debut. I mean, in a way we kind of uphold the, the, uh, (laughs) the like, uh, the pureness of like virginity, even by, even, you know, just by continuing to, to perpetuate, just use that language because the virgin as archetype, you know, is like, you know, sacrificed and, 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 and all kinds of, all kinds of uh, pedestal like um, mm-hmm. behaviors that are <clears throat> impossible to to measure up to. It's like, oh yeah. God, if I'm not a virgin at 36 years old, and I think about all the people I've had, had sex with and all the things I've done, I am, I am a bad, bad person. <laughs> I am so far away from virginity. Well, now. You get spanking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking is. Yeah. I mean. I I think that people put so much pressure on themselves to pass this, to have this rite of passage that mm. we've created as a society that it leads to riskier sex at younger ages because it's something you just want to get it over with. Mm. Um, but I think that looking back, I really wish that I had – it's not like I wish I had waited, but what ended up happening was that I had – sex so young that I and I had such a terrible experience with abuse within that sexual relationship that I didn't have penis and vagina intercourse again for years and I had a lot of relationships where we were just having oral and manual sex and it was almost like more okay because like I wasn't a virgin so it was okay for me to advocate for oral and manual sex only because it was like okay just so you know I've already done this like I'm cool with this but like I don't want to do it and I was almost more able to advocate for my needs being like listen I've checked I've ticked off this box like can we just like get onto the other stuff now and I felt like I wasn't able to be able to be cool and do those things until mm. I had gotten this other shit out of the way. I think mm. a lot of people put themselves in risky situations where they're having anal sex before vaginal intercourse or whatever um, makes them feel and more, I don't know, okay. I think it's like you're trying to resolve this cognitive dissonance of, of the religious shame around sex even if you're not not religious like we live in a world where um you know that's a pretty big theme no matter where you go it trickles into every aspect of life so i think you can be a secular person and still really uh, internalize shame around pleasure and what it means to have had a dick enter your body or not but it's also like we know sex is so much more than things going into holes, whether it's a, a penis, hands, a dildo, whatever. So, again, that's where I think almost like non-pornographic movies have done just as much damage to our Ooh. impressions of sex. Because it's like, ah, uh, being I'm... suddenly taken, ah. Oh. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like it's this or that. It's like yeah. Betty or Veronica. It's still like Black so controlled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Were you going to say something there, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I was going to say one of the one of the things that you mentioned uh, there in in speaking was like like different different types of pleasure. 
um, or, or different ways that we, we find pleasure. And so this is one thing that I don't think we've ever really touched on on the podcast before. And correct me if I'm wrong, Brady, but, um, and it's something that I, I think like why no better time than now, uh, Mm. than, than to do it with Zoe, uh, while we're talking about your book, (laughs) knowledge, which is coming out September 22nd. Um, uh, but the, uh, so, you know, I'm someone who has a penis and I know of, I'm familiar with the idea of the P spot, uh, the, 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 the prostate. Um, but I don't think I've ever had my prostate, uh, milked, uh, you know, little, little <laughs> prostate dingle dangle. And, um, uh, but, but I will say this, the, the, like the hardest I've ever come in my life has been times that I've had a finger in my butt. Not very far, I don't think. But it's been like, like you know, a little bit, a little bit b hole pressure, and I'm wondering <laughs> I love the if the way that, you're describing this. By the way, <laughs> I'm wondering if that, if that just like slight b hole pressure was actually <laughs> was actually stimulating my pro- prostate, or if to like really, really properly do it, there's like a. Oh, there's a proper way, huh? A a technique. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm I'm asking the pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, how do you, what is the, tell me about the P-spot and how do I, how do I uh, hit the jackpot with that? Oh, that's, I love the way you asked this. And it's like there, there was this stage of like awareness with the prostate that I feel like shifted in our social dialogue around sex in the last, like five to 10 years, like mm. all of a sudden pegging became cool. And right. a lot of that had yeah. to do with cultural references, like Broad City had an episode about it. And then all of a sudden it was like pegging, pegging, pegging in my inbox. Um, and I feel like there was this initial hump we had to all get over as a society of like, it's not what you do, it's who you do it with that determines your sexual orientation and queer sex, gay sex, is awesome, but it is also not defined by prostate stimulation. Like everybody Mm. likes that or doesn't like it regardless of their orientation. So I've, I've seen prostate questions like pop out, pop up so suddenly and in, in a much less taboo way. It makes me so happy. And I think that then I started to see these conversations that were getting very like, I don't I I hate to use the word this word but it's like this like elitist prostate vibe of like yes I have a hands free orgasm with nothing but my plug in my ass and I just contract my pelvic floor and I have an orgasm and like yeah people can totally do that sure, but I started yeah. to see the prostate conversation start to kind of mimic the vaginal orgasm conversation of people who are like oh, yes, you know, I can just have an orgasm from a dick in me and nothing else or like just G-spot stimulation. And again, like, cool, but also that's not like, like we, we, there's no reason that that is like something you should feel the need to achieve unless that's like really your goal. But that is like tied back into this idea of penis and vagina intercourse being the only valid format of sex so it started becoming this like badge of honor and also like being on the 
listening end of this, it made me feel so insecure when I was a younger person being like, I can't fucking have an orgasm that way. Like I need my clit stimulated. And Mm. for the vast majority of people, they need external paired with internal stimulation to orgasm. So like, let's take this back to the prostate. The prostate is like different than the G spot, but it feels very similar in the way that it's stimulated. Like, With a dick or a clit, if you touch it, it's going to instantly be like, ooh, yummy, tingles, you know, like that feels good. But Mm. with the prostate and G-spot, you know, maybe if you're already aroused, you could give it a delicate stroke and it'll immediately respond. But more often than not, you need to like build up a repetitive rhythm and emotion. And it's like this more like... uh, I don't want to say vague, that's the wrong word, but it's like a more subtle sensation that requires a little bit more uh, patience, awareness, repetitive rhythm. Um, So you can absolutely externally stimulate your prostate like that external b-hole pressure surely can just like uh, some people can just like sit with pressure against the vaginal opening and get g-spot stimulation that way um but also everyone's body is different like a lot of the time when you are being penetrated you're also having your external bits stimulated by your partner's like abdomen or pelvis so there is still some external stimulation happening there and this whole conversation also just reminds me of how some people are under the impression that there's like a hierarchy of orgasms and a lot of this has to do with Freud and the idea of like immature orgasms being external and clitoral and mature orgasms being internal. Like, yes. Oh, you're, you're a real sexual adult now. Like, I guess by that definition, I am, super immature because I, (laughs) you know, and obviously like I say this all joking because that is bullshit. We, I think a lot of us listening to this podcast probably already know that, but like, yeah, if you want a little, uh, prostate stroke here and there, or just want to sit with something getting pressure on your butthole or your taint, like, yeah, that's prostate stimulation. Honestly, like, I also love to think about how, like, the practice of sounding or inserting something into right. the urethra is the most direct way you can stimulate the prostate because it like literally passes through the prostate. So when oh no are, shit, I didn't so know that. Yeah, I mean, not everybody is reaching the prostate, but that is one aspect of prostate stimulation. So I love to just like throw that out oh. there and be like, "There's no one right right way to do it," and. Right. I think some people really like to be show-offy about what they can and can't do sexually. So I love to just kind of blast that away and be like, I don't care if you, you know, I don't know if I, my partner with a vulva just wanted clitoral stimulation, then I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. Like, I'm not going to pressure you into inserting something into your body. And I start to see that pressure like trickling over to the prostate havers uh, when it comes to a prostate orgasm. Like I think orgasms are orgasms. We get there different ways and certainly they all feel different, but there isn't like a class or category that you should be like aiming for unless Mm. like your goal is to like, okay, I just want to sit on this plug and see if I can come. Like that's a fun game to play with yourself, but (laughs) by no means like 
<clears throat> an achievement you must unlock, you know? Mm. Yeah, time to let go of the baseball analogy, the first base, second base, third base, <laughs> home run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot what the bases even mean, honestly. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't remember I I either. Did. I think yeah, I I, think I, I really edited did. them to uh to communicate activities that I had done that I thought were worthy of those uh those bases. So <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, the home clout. run is sounding now. Let's let's, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. If you're not sticking something in your urethra, is it real yeah. sex? I don't know. <laughs> how do Okay, can I just ask? I like how does one cuz I find sounding fascinating, but I I like the idea of it terrifies me too. Yeah. Like how how does like how does one how does one how does one like how do you how do you how do you start that process? How do you uh, how do I how do I how sound? do I how do I sound myself? Sound off in the comments if you sound. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. It's certainly I don't want to say mm, like it's not a fetish for everybody, but I think some people would consider it a kink. Like I think to some people, it's just like putting something in their vagina. It just feels good. Uh, yeah. It's certainly something that. You know what I've realized is like, and nobody talks about this, but like everyone's urethra is a different size. Like some people have like a urethra with a bit of a larger diameter and you can kind of see inside of it. And some people have like a pinhole urethra. Mm. Um, Again, you know, we're just all different. Uh, But yes, uh, just like with any type of penetrative sex, like you're going to want to use lubricant, probably a sterile lubricant, like Surgilube for sounding. But I know this is going to sound a bit strange, but sometimes it's just like the sensation of fullness is what creates the pleasure. Like that's certainly true for me when it comes to like vaginal penetration, like the sensation of being full feels really good. I'm sure every person would describe the sensation of sounding a bit different, but you're like filling up another penetrable hole Mm -hmm. and um i i was once told by by like someone who's a researcher in the world of sex that there's some similarity in the cells lining the urethral canal in a penis with the vaginal canal and that the urethra in a vulva and a penis are different in other ways, obviously, length of the urethra is one major difference. But um, there's sensitive nerve endings in like all parts of your body, especially your genitals. Mm. So while it's not a sensation that everybody might enjoy, it's certainly possible to get a lot of pleasure. And as I mentioned, you can directly stimulate the prostate that way. Um, again, it's like something you would certainly want to be careful doing. But when we think about how easy it is to injure ourselves with anal play, even if we're being super careful. I feel like it's like if we just draw the comparison there, it's like not all that that bizarre because there's a mm. lot of people who just like are like, ooh, something in my butt, no fucking way. And then there's some people who are like, ooh, yeah, things in my butt. I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing with sounding. It's just another type of play. And yeah, it might not be as commonly discussed, but – I think the more you break it down into understanding why it feels good as opposed to the immediate clenching of your urethra when you hear about it (laughs) for the Mm. first time, maybe. I just think it starts to make a lot more sense when you break it down into like, yeah, it's a sensation of fullness and, uh, you know, 
it's it's going to feel different for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I ever go down that lane, folks, let me know. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll send you an email. Yeah. Like, hey, I tried it. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? I I, I, I got to ask. Um, this is uh, just something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and I'm wondering for you if it weren't for sort of your company and the way things have planned panned out. Yeah. What? Like, what at the core of it is your calling? Like, what is it that calls you to do whatever work you're doing? That's a great question. Um, At one point, my answer was that it's like peacemaking. Um, I grew up in Quaker school. I also went to public school. So thank God I I got a little bit of the public school experience as well. But uh, Quaker school is all about like nonviolent communication and peacemaking. And uh, I wouldn't say that I entered the world of sex for that reason. I think that because I am organically just fascinated by it for hobby. And additionally, I really enjoy having the uncomfortable conversations that sometimes go along with it that make other people not interested in talking about sex with the public. Um, I feel like I just have that skill set and desire to, to do that. And then additionally, I think that it's just the lens and doorway into peacemaking for me personally. Uh, I think that there's so many aspects of sexuality like we that we have once we haven't even gotten into like trauma and abuse there's so Ooh. many ways that it not only impacts our sex lives but just like our entire world and every major social justice issue has an aspect of sexuality that plays into it whether that is racial justice lgbtq justice etc like it just really um, there is an aspect where sex comes into play or where it manifests within the realm of sexuality. And I feel like that is just an area I feel comfortable. Comfort is the wrong word. I just get joy out of navigating it. And I feel like I'm able to use my skills in a way that makes, I don't know, there's just like a harmony in doing it. Um, I've certainly gone through so many different phases with it. Like I I've really taken a step back from doing sex education of any format on Instagram because I just don't feel like it's a space for productive conversations. I think that um, conversations happen, but honestly there's too much noise and chatter and lack of an ability to really moderate a conversation or let everybody be heard. Um, and not have it be infiltrated with like hate speech, unfortunately, (laughs) that social media was a really great place to put ideas on people's radar. But more and more, I'm having to take a step back because not only are people not able to engage in conversation there, but my tone of voice and context is fully missing when I'm just making a post online. What I love Mm. about a podcast is you can hear my tone of voice and you can just like, it's a little bit more of a human connection than social media, which was designed to be an aspirational capitalist moneymaker. And not that we don't capitalize on books and podcasts. This is capitalism, but I feel like we are at least able to step outside of the algorithm and the algorithm (laughs) is what makes social media so toxic and dangerous. So 
Uh, this is a long way to digress from what <laughs> my calling is. But yeah, I think it's like, it's all about peacemaking. And I I, I would have called myself a pacifist up until recently. I, I kind of feel like there is no way to achieve justice through sheer pacifism in this world, unfortunately. But I definitely come from a a, a place of wanting it's things to be um, you know, I, I I do want there to be world peace and it's like a really silly and far off thing right now. But I think that when we center pleasure, we are decentering a lot of other fucked up shit. Yeah. Because it seems like pleasure is like, is like, you know, all the messaging about pleasure and not just sexual pleasure, but just like you know, self-care or take, you've worked hard. You should put your feet mm. up or like kick back. You've, you've worked hard. You should drink, you should get drunk this weekend or whatever. It's like, I have to, you have to earn pleasure. You have to earn the right to enjoy your life, yeah. enjoy life. And, and, and just like the, the, I've been just diving into my meditation practice in the last week and I, I'm like, oh yeah, I can actually, I don't have to spend a dollar to like, enjoy the way the earth smells right now and to just like marvel at the fact that I have a body that can experience sensations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, even self-care is something that was taken from like working class, marginalized identities wanting to make like time away from the nine to five of minimum wage. And that is yet another thing that like white capitalism has turned into a way to sell even more products. But at the same time, like, yeah, we all need to fucking self care, but that's like yet another thing that has like completely stepped out of its original context and become another moneymaker that is co-opted by this larger machine that we all are so ingrained and that we can't even like see how fucked up it is that Mm. like we have to monetize shit in order to have it be a part of our lives. Mm -hmm. We we're, we're coming up to time here, but uh, before we, before we do wrap, um, you know, talking about podcasting, uh, tell us about, uh, tell us about your podcast because I know that you have one as well. Hot Brain is my podcast with my boyfriend, Mark, and he is not in the sexuality world, but he is like an encyclopedia of social political information. And, you know, since dating me has obviously learned a lot about (laughs) the sex side of that. But uh, while Hot Brain is definitely about sex, it's about a lot of other things as well. Lately, we've been talking a lot about like like social media and the way that impacts our lives and like um, everything from like conspiracy theory, QAnon stuff and like how Mm. that has become had a resurgence to like, we get people just calling in asking questions and, you know, like, what do I do if I have a crush on my roommate and we're quarantining together? Like those types of questions we get a lot too. (laughs) So it's, it's sex and more. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just really fun to, do a podcast with your partner, as I'm sure you uh, know all about. <laughs> the best. We, we are familiar. It is quite fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Zoe, uh, Ligan, this is fucking, I'm so, Yay. again, so excited. This, this has, has been, been lovely. Thank it's you. been so fun. Um, uh, and again, folks, uh, carnal knowledge, sex education, you don't get in school. It is coming out September 22nd. And uh, I don't say this lightly. We Again, we had a, we had a, a sort of, um, 
pre-authorized copy of the book <laughs> and it's it is it's fucking great get it's your hands beautiful. on it when it comes out yeah. it's a beautiful book uh congratulations to you and uh this has been just an absolute pleasure pleasure um where can people keep up with what it is you're up to where can people find you I am, uh, I guess, on social media as Thongria and shop Spectrum Boutique. The shop is spectrumboutique.com, where you can also find the journal where we have a lot of educational articles written by myself, but also a ton of other people. And Hot Brain is available wherever you get your podcasts. Carnal Knowledge is wherever good books are sold, including Spectrum Boutique. You can get my book there. And, oh, geez, I must be missing something. You can see me naked on OnlyFans if you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go, folks. Yeah, there it is. Um, well, again, this has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I want to say thank you so much for, for the opportunity and taking time out of your day today. Yeah, thank Thanks you so much. All right, everyone. That was that. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. I did too. What a crushable human! Totally. Yeah, you know, she's she's such a she's such a babe, and then, totally and, then, and yeah. so smart. And so she reminds me a lot of my friend Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. who is also an extraordinarily crushable human. Um, and Jordan, if you're listening to this, I know that you're not a very you're not very lovey human, and you don't like it when I give you compliments, but. Just fucking take it because you're pretty much one of the coolest humans I've ever met. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, Cool. Well, folks, hope you enjoyed that. We love all of you. We love our patrons more. And hey, patrons, <laughs> uh, if you want to watch the foreplay of this episode, just a reminder, you can do that over on patreon.com slash turn me on. And if you're not a patron yet and you want to watch, head on over to Patreon and become a patron of the podcast. Um, we, this, you know, this is, this podcast, uh, is not, it is a labor of love. It is not a job for either of us. That's for sure. So, uh, all of your support over at Patreon actually helps keep this podcast alive and running. So go on to patreon.com slash turn me on. Thanks so much. We love you. Yeah. Brady, why don't you, uh, also tell them about our social media. Oh, why don't you check us out on Instagram if you haven't checked out our bum gallery over at Turn Me On Podcast? I never do. I never do this. I what's our fucking handle? At Turn uh, Me On Podcast. Thank you very much. And uh, also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at Turn Me On Podcast at gmail dot com or through our website at Turn Me On Podcast dot com. There are submission forms if you want to be a guest on the show or if you have a brain boner that you would like us to answer. Um, Apple uh, iTunes, go on over there and and rate, review, subscribe. Um, you know, we it makes a huge difference in keeping us up on the charts so other people can find us and uh, we want to keep we want to keep ourselves up there and we want to keep doing this for you folks and for all of the uh, listeners to be. So Thank you so much for your time and your your fanship. Well said, Bridie. That is Thanks, it for this baby. week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.